Hello, everybody, and welcome along. Okay, before we start, Ryan, you, you're you're on mute, mate. That's a good start. Right, <laughs> before we do the official uh, hello, we've been on we've been online for about ten minutes, and all Ryan's done is muck about with emojis and filters, and he's just turned himself off, and we can't hear him, but he was wearing a pirate face. <laughs> So welcome along to the latest episode of the Still Parents podcast. Here we are. So for every uh, for anyone who's um, who's watching live, welcome along to to, to Facebook, and uh, yeah, greetings to anyone who is listening back to this. Whenever you're listening back to it through your podcast app, this is the Still Parents podcast. We're on season three. It's episode number four. My name is Dan. Um, here we are, and um, yeah, let's do this. How are you, Ryan from the Lily May Foundation? I'm really well, well thanks. I'm really well, thanks, Dan. Not here to join us this week, anyway. <laughs> yeah, thank you for uh, for taking care of business on the last episode. I was here for the first twenty minutes, then I suddenly vanished because World War Three was happening um, in in the house. My wife was away, so um, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done, Danny. If I'm completely honest, so I'm glad you're back. If I'm honest, I'm glad you're back. I uh, I think different. I thought you did a sterling job, mate, when I was listening back to it, and we put it up online. So good on you, Ryan. Uh, are you well? You happy? Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, it's crazy, actually. These come around so fast, isn't it? It's, it's hard to believe that the last one was a couple of weeks ago. So, no, looking forward to it. And um, yeah, we're now in the the second half of series three. We are joined as always, as we have been ever since the right at the start, actually, by by Matt Whitehouse. Good evening, Matt. In your new house, how are you? Good evening. I'm very well. Also, he was our guest, actually, on the, I think it was the first episode of Series 3, and he's been a regular ever since, and uh, we, we welcome Nathan Ellis back on to the show once again. Nathan, how are you? Yeah, really good, thanks, Dan. Glad to be here again, so, uh, yeah, doing well, mate. Good stuff, and our special guest this evening, welcome on to the Still Parents podcast. His name is Adam, Adam Horan. He's in Hells Owen, just up the road from me at the minute. Evening, Adam, how are you? I'm wonderful, you? Very good. Thank you very much for joining us. No, that's fine. I'm more than happy to be here. I'm always instant friends with any other bold man with a beard. Don't know why. <laughs> I actually don't know why. It's a bit of a weird thing, isn't it? You know, when you see someone driving in, the, they've got the same car as you, and you go, oh, same car. I don't know if it's a bold guy with a beard thing, but it's like, oh, hello. Because you've gone through the same things. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, yeah, what? Um, well, Dan, on the on the live feed as well, you two are next to each other with your camera. So it looks like we've got right to bed on. We're just missing one, aren't we? And uh, we did the old classic. Yeah, we um, we both realised we used the same bold man joke, which is if we turn around, and in fact, we can do it for anyone on Facebook now. If we turn around, look who look who looks more who looks more like a thumb, me or Adam? <laughs> You're not supposed to laugh. You're supposed to say none of you, and um, obviously we 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 try and have a bit of fun on the podcast, and you know we're we're just mucking around, but there is you know very serious reasons why we're here. Uh, we thank everyone as we always do for for checking out the podcast. Whether today on and this episode, episode four of, of season three, is the first one that you've listened to, or if you've been here ever since the start, um, which is a year this month actually, it's flown by, hasn't it? since we did the very first one. So um, so let's crack on with it. Obviously, same um, as every time that we do a show, but if you're brand new and if you're watching live on Facebook at the minute, um, and if you would like to ask a question to Adam, to well, to anybody, then feel free to do so. Ryan can see all the comments and he'll be able to jump in with them as we uh, progress throughout this evening's show. So with that in mind, let's get started. Um, Adam, 
uh, it's quite it's quite difficult actually because we we get serious straight at the start. You know, we're you may you know some of the guests can get a little bit nervous to come on and and here we are right at the very beginning asking you to go to go deep into everything. So um, I would like you to take as long as you need, um, however long you need, just to talk about uh, you and uh, is it your wife or your girlfriend Charlotte? Isn't it? Yeah, my girlfriend Charlotte. Yes. Your girlfriend Charlotte and the journey that you've been on this year. The furthest thing I can ever remember is coming home one day, and we we just had our new puppy Finley, and I was I walked into back from work, and all I remember is walking into the living room, and Charlotte had a sign on the floor, and all it said on it is, um, "I'm going to have uh, I'm going to have a a brother or sister." And I thought, what's going on here? Because we've been planning for ages to get another puppy. We thought, oh, we'll get another one. So we'll have two and it'll be all nice and dandy. Um, and then I turned around because I was giving Finley a hug about, yeah, you're going to have a, a dog, brother or sister or something. And Charlotte's standing there with a pregnancy test. I'm like, you know, when your brain just goes, hang on a minute, what's going on here? I don't know. I was thinking something completely different. But then I was over the moon. I, I really was. I was... Uh, I, I never thought I could ever have kids and things like that. And then when mm. uh, I saw it, I was just, I, I couldn't keep a smile off on my face, but then my brain wasn't working because I was thinking, hang on, we're going to have a puppy. No, we're not having a puppy. Okay. <laughs> uh, so it went from like different <laughs> levels. And then. Had you had you been trying then? Were you trying to conceive at the time or? Yeah, yeah. See, the way me and Charlotte worked, it was, because um, she, she was on like birth controls and things like mm. that. And it, it was making her a bit ill. So I just we came to the decision, just come off. Mm. I'd rather you feel better and things like that. Then and if it happens, it happens. It was Let that nature sort of, take its course. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't going to be planet like ridiculously, mm. and then you have to be at places at certain times. It just happened. And it was wonderful in the way it, it did happen. And I couldn't have been any more happy or happier, sorry. And and then started the journey pretty much. Uh I went into proper dad mode, like I downloaded apps. I got pretty much every book under the sun. I read them cover to cover. Uh, I can't remember the one app I had, and it told you you were a mountaineer, basically, and you start off in the forest and you have to get up the mountain, and that's the end point. And I thought, this is class, because it, it tells you, like, your backpack has to have in, uh, so it would be like the hospital bag. Right, okay. Uh, it would be your backpack up the mountain. I was like, I got proper into it. I was so excited. <laughs> and this is great, this dad stuff. <laughs> and uh, it, it was just, it was a lovely start. I, I don't think, like, I've I've done some amazing things in my life, but I didn't have, I've never had that sort of feeling where it was just pure love for the person, yeah. just Charlotte, and everything I had was sort of falling into place and I couldn't have been any more happier. And then uh, getting further down the line, she's getting bigger and bigger and things like that. And I was enjoying it. I really was. Uh, like I stopped smoking. I stopped pretty much drinking all the time or going out and drinking. I got more into fitness because I kept thinking I've got to be right uh, for the baby and things yeah. like that. And I wasn't allowed in for the first scan. So I completely missed all of that stuff because of COVID. I wasn't allowed in. Oh, I was about to ask, is this because of lockdown and everything at the time yeah so i was i wasn't yeah. allowed in at all um so i was i was quite upset um because mm. it, it this is one of the things that i always get a bit i know it was a pandemic and things like that but i i would have done anything 
no, I totally get that. Yeah. Um, and that sort of got took away from me and it, it was a bit of an horrible thing. But then a few, few weeks later, I got to go and do uh, another scan, which was great. I was allowed in for that one. I just had to do every test under the sun to get in the hospital, <laughs> which, yeah. I was fine, which I was fine about. I was happy for yeah. it. I was like, yeah, cool. And I, next thing you know, the uh, they said, do you want to know the sex? I was like, I looked at Charlotte, like thinking, I'm just going to let you answer. I'm not going to come in. <laughs> but yeah, I do. Uh, and then next thing you know, he just goes, it's a boy. And the thing is, the guy that was doing the actual scan, he wasn't very loud. Like, and I, th- I was like, did he say boy? Or did he say, like, did you hear something, Charlotte? And Charlotte went, yeah, you heard it's a boy. And I thought, oh, there you go. Like, I've not, I didn't really, everyone always says to me, did you care if it was a boy or a girl? No, nah, really didn't care. Like, it was just nice to know. So yeah. all I remember is coming out with the scanning pictures and I, like Charlotte's trying to talk to me. I'm not even bothered what she's saying. I'm literally looking at these <laughs> pictures. I'm like, oh, look at that. That's class. Like, there's his little feet and legs. And it was amazing. <laughs> I, 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 when I honestly say this, I don't think I've ever been more excited about something. And... A few a few weeks uh, later, uh, we were planning to go to that new shopping centre in Litchfield, and we got ready. Things like that. And Charlotte said, "I just got a nip to the loo." I was like, "Okay, that's fine." And then that was it. Yeah, she said, "I'm bleeding." I didn't really go into panic mode. I went into mm. what what I've been in since, uh, which is protector mode sort of thing, like. Uh, I don't know how to explain it, but I would literally jump in front of buses, anything to protect mm. whatever was there and make sure Charlotte's all right. So that's what I did. I, mm. We got in touch with the, the, the uh, GP. The GP put us through to the ambulance services. They got one straight over. Like I don't think I have ever seen an ambulance get there that quick. I've got to say that. They were amazing. I can't remember the names of them. They advised Charlotte to go to the hospital and... I had to, uh, I weren't allowed in. So I weren't allowed into the hospital. I had to wait at one of Charlotte's friends that lives across the road from uh, the women's hospital. And I sat on the drive and I, I know it sounds stupid, but I, I just didn't want a phone call. You know, that mm. feeling you just yeah. don't yeah. want, I'd rather my, it just never don't call me because all you know, if that phone rings, it's bad news. Yeah. And then it rang and then Charlotte says they want you to come in. I was like, okay. So I literally just, I can't even remember if I locked my car. I literally just went straight into the hospital. And I sat down next to her. There was nurses everywhere. And they just basically turned around and said, because the thing is, I should have told you all this. I'm autistic. So you have to explain something to me for me to understand. But once you tell me, I understand. It's just you've got to yeah. keep me in the know. Or I start thinking, wait, that's not what you said. That's not what you did. On top of that, all your protective instincts are coming in and stuff like that. And they mm. just told me that we've got to, uh, it was too far gone. Uh, he had to come. And then six hours later, he did. And Charlotte did class. Like she had all the gas and everything. But they were like, do you want anything else or anything like that? She was like, no, I'm good. Absolute warrior. For a little thing, she's an absolute warrior. I'll give her that. And then Oscar came uh, and then he went down. Like we had literally seconds with him because all the uh, like doctors and nurses and everything were all around him, giving him everything. And because them first few seconds, as we all know, is could be the make or break. And 
luckily enough, they did everything, and it was amazing. I couldn't, I, I couldn't fault them on that bit. I thought it was great. So it went down to the ward. He was in the lavender room, which is the pretty much the first room. <laughs> like it goes in steps all the way, uh, and then I, I don't. I remember at the time through COVID, you were only allowed to be in there for two hours a day, or a visit. Sorry, two hours a visit, and there's two visits a day. I remember getting told by the nurse, you've got to leave. I went, it hasn't been two hours yet. And she went, no, Adam, it's been 10. I went, oh. Like I'd been standing at the like the incubator and all of that for 10 hours. Wow. Uh, like they kept telling me, sit down, sit down, Mr. Horan. I was like, I'm all right. Yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking at my son. Uh, just I, I'm fine with it. Uh and then I, I went home, literally, uh, to put the animals away and stuff like that. And I just remember I couldn't sleep, but you know, when you're just in that like dozed out stage mm. and my phone went off and I saw Charlotte's name and I was like, oh God, no, don't. <laughs> like the last time you rang mm. me was, it was coming. Uh, so she went, Ad, they want you to come in. And I said, okay, I'm on my way. All I remember, no no word of a lie, all I remember is getting in the car and parking the car. I can't remember stopping. I can't remember traffic lights. I can't remember anything. All I remember is getting from the drive to the hospital. I can't. I saw my car after and I didn't even park it properly. I, I actually parked it. If you ever go to the women's hospital, there's the yeah. doctors, like the doctors and surgeons spaces. I've gone, I've gone over like two of them. I thought, oh God, no wonder I got a ticket. I got a parking ticket and everything. I was like, oh God. But at that time, mm. I, you could have gave me a, a million pound fine. I wouldn't have cared the less. But from that, I went in and what happened was the blood transfusion they couldn't get in because the veins are that small. How many weeks was was Oscar 20, at this point? Just... So he was 23 weeks. 23, okay, yeah. Sorry, go yeah. ahead, mate. No, that's all. And um, he, this consultant was unbelievable for like, uh, four hours, and she got it in. She got the blood transfusion in. And then from there, it literally was in God's hands, really, because he was a little thing. And they they tried a test on him, which uh, changed the breathing pattern, which I didn't really get for the sole reason is mm. the consultant said, we're going to just let him rest because he's had a bit of a night. We're just going to let him rest. And so my brain, I've gone, yeah, cool, let him rest. Oh, I would want to have a rest if I've been poked and by needles all night. Um, and then they did their rounds and they changed the test without even telling me or Charlotte. And that's when he flatlined sort of thing. And they gave us like the last few seconds to say goodbye. But I was in quite a confused and angry state for the sole yeah. reason. The doctor that changed the breathing apparatus to from like slow breathing to quite rapid uh, didn't even notify me that. Why are you doing it? Yeah. For one, why are you even like? I get it could be a test, but at 23 weeks, the last thing to develop is the lungs. So it it hit me like a ton of bricks, and I was my protector mode, and also with my autism, it just went a bit. I wouldn't say bad. I didn't get too bad, but this one doctor, I, I've always said it. I never want to see you again. You took the one thing 
that I completely loved. Like I, like I said, I've done some things in my time and I don't think I've ever loved something as much as I loved Oscar. That's weird for me to say, because if, if I love you, I do. I'll put my all into it, but this was different. I, I can't yeah. explain it. And I don't think anyone could explain it. But after he passed and everything, we got some great support from family, friends, just anyone really. I didn't know. I knew of charities and I knew of places where I could talk to someone. But for someone like myself that isn't a big talker, I like to talk, but I'm not a big talker about my feelings and that. It was nice to go to a place like when I, uh, I saw a post, when well, no, Charlotte saw the post about the football match. Mm. And she went, why don't you get in touch with them? Go and do it. And that was a huge bit of breath of fresh air for me. For something that a lot of the people that are going to be there have been through it. Everyone's there to support you. And at the same time, I got to do something I love, which is sport. Yeah. Uh, and because Charlotte, she can do a lot of things which she would enjoy, which is out there a lot. But there's nothing really, in my opinion, for someone like me, but there is now. By obviously with the Lily May Foundation and Ryan and everyone saying, come and play some football, do something. In my opinion, in my head, it was come and do something for your son that you're good at. Now, I, I've already said before we started this, I'm not great at football, but I gave it my best and it was it was fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, I missed a penalty, that's by and by. Okay, I think everyone missed a penalty apart from one person. So, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's pretty much... The, the full story of yeah it all um it was may wasn't it that you lost oscar you and charlotte yeah. lost oscar yeah. when when was the football ryan it was the end of august so about what three three to four months or so um mm. during those three to four months before charlotte mentioned to you about the football yeah. and uh, recommending it was a it was a good idea and one thing we've noticed actually just from looking at the obviously we're all men on this podcast and it's aimed at men but actually we have more females and males listening and I think there is a theme there maybe it's stereotyping to a degree it's sort of pushing us in the right that come on just do this you know yeah. go and get in touch with that person those three to four months before you got in touch with Ryan and, and the foot how we you know with with things like work and family life um and just your general mental state at the time could you do you mind just delving into where no, you were um, at that place yes the, the thing for me is like I, I keep emphasizing this protector mode um, I've always been that person since I was little. If if I ever saw anyone getting bullied or anything like that, or just anyone that needed my help, I always wanted to be that helper. Um, yeah. And then when this sort of stuff happens, it went into a bit more of a, I sort of put my needs aside uh, to make sure the, the woman I love is okay. I know she's not going to be a hundred percent, but I had to make sure that she's there, that like everything she needs is there, everything that she wants from like sometimes Charlotte amazes me in the way of like what would take me probably two days to do, she'll do it in 20 minutes. Yeah. But, <laughs> but when she was going through this, it was the other way around where I thought I've got to pull my weight. And well, not in the way I did pull my weight, but it was just I've got to do more to make sure she's yeah. okay. And that was that's still going on right now. But then months before the football, it, it's just a blur. Like I mm. was just literally in overdrive. I was yeah. still. I know this sounds really weird, and it, but it might not seem weird to you, like actually. But I was still expecting Oscar to come. It's just a yeah. weird experience. I was like, I'm still. 
Like I was training myself to be a dad. Yeah. And then it didn't come. But so my mind's still in. I've got to make sure everything's okay. Like I'm still kicking the dog off Charlotte's belly, like I was. I was like, don't jump on her. What are you doing? Give yeah. him a clip around the ear and stuff. And it's like, oh, it's it doesn't do anything. Like, so there was there was part of you still, you know, even though you knew the reality and what was happening, but there's that part of Ryan, actually, is that is that something that you you find um you encounter? speaking with people just that 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 state of mind where just knowing that that person's not there anymore but you're still sort of mentally preparing for it and dealing with it maybe nathan or matt as well anyone else who who would like to offer any thoughts on this because that's quite an interesting point that you've just made there adam yeah there's a um suppose a couple of things what one is from my own experience but then others is that what adam's just said there isn't um unusual for for me uh, to hear certainly with a lot of a lot of men that I speak with say exactly that is that it's it's very difficult to understand something has like stopped and that actually then they can't it, that, that it's not coming further down the line they find it very difficult to be able to um, accept that sort of like finality if you like of, of yeah. what actually happened in my own personal experience remember when Amy was in labor with Lily and they were literally giving her anything that she wanted because they kept saying, you know, you could have morphine, you could have anything because it wasn't going to affect the baby because Lily had already died. And even when she was born after labor, you, I was still expecting to hear a cry. It was still, yeah. It's almost like it's ingrained in you that that's what happens. Babies are born, they cry. That, that's what happens. And it just wasn't like that, and which is what made it so surreal. It's like your um, mind playing tricks on you, isn't mind it? Mind is almost playing mm. tricks on you. And I, I remember Amy as well over the, we were told on a Friday, I remember over the weekend thinking that, that Lily was kicking. And, and, and obviously she wasn't kicking. She was moving within the, you know, the fluid and what have you, but wasn't. I mean, it's, it, it's actually a very good question because I don't actually, there's probably some explanation as to why we feel like that why we feel that or why we uh, think that we are still preparing for our child or our baby to come home and um, I think it probably is because like Adam said there he was so engrossed from day day dot with his apps and with his you know getting yeah. into sort of dad mode if you like and learning the you know what was going to happen I would imagine at certain weeks and all that sort of stuff and I think like I say to then accept the finality of boom, it stopped. And that actually you're not moving from 23 weeks to 24 weeks to 25 weeks. It's it's very, very difficult because of the, the trauma that you're going through at that time as well. It, you know, a lot of people yeah. say, well, I say a lot of people, we listened to a, a talk once from a, a consultant in uh, from, I can't even remember what the hospital was now. I think it was Great Ormond Street who was saying that um, the actual thoughts and feelings and the process that you go through after losing a baby mirrors that of soldiers from a battlefield with regard to PTSD. Um, So, you know, no wonder we, you know, maybe forget things. And I think what your brain does is it relies on previous experiences and doesn't quickly shut them down because we're in a state of shock and we're in that state of trauma that we can't just immediately stop Matt Whitehouse, who's been a regular ever since we started the the podcast, um, husband to Crystal, and they lost Callie. And um, I think wanted to come in with something to say on this, Matt. Go ahead. Yeah, I think um, it's interesting what, what Adam and Ryan have both said in the fact that 
<clears throat> when we lost Cali, um, we had we were fortunate. Obviously, as, as you guys on here already know that we were fortunate enough to have three days with her, even up until the the moment where I carried her off over to the um, to the, to the chapel of rest. We had to leave her behind. I I thought I was bringing her home. You know, I did, and I and I thought that um, it, I think I was just lying to myself. You kind of go into that um, autopilot. You kind of switch to a point where you try and, as, as Adam's already said, you try and protect everything you can around you and try and protect your own feelings. And and I think it's it's that acceptance. And then going back to what, what Ryan was saying about the, the noises and stuff, we obviously went back to the, once we left the hospital, we went back home. And the thing that really hit me was the quietness of the house. You know, we walked in. I just couldn't get my head around that because you, mm. you don't you don't think that that's what you're preparing for and i think that's where your mind can't yeah. work it out yeah. because you, you're ready for the cries you're ready for the the staying awake all night because of the feelings that you're having there with that and then and then it doesn't come and it's very difficult for you for your brain to kind of um i don't think the mind's meant to have to 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 understand yeah. that you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah com- completely agree. Um, Nathan Ellis, who was our guest on the first episode of the brand new series, um, Nathan, yeah, what's your take on this? I think you know, like Adam was saying about almost expecting to to still have Oscar, and and I think like for me, a few times genuinely, I'd like I'd be asleep, have a have a really vivid dream, and 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 then wake up the next day and, and forget what had happened and then have the realization again and think, oh no, actually yeah. that, that did, that did happen. And that is where we are. And so I understand entirely what he means. And, and it, 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 it's awful. It's like you, you almost relive the whole thing again, because you've, you've come out of this dream where, you know, everything was great. And then you, you wake and you think, no, that's not, that's not the reality. Actually, I'm, I'm not in that place. And, and this is where I am. And, and I think likewise, what, what made it tricky as well was coming back to to a reality with a with a two year old again. I said last time, you know, very fortunate to, to have a, another little one at home. You know, regardless of how sad it was, you know, what happened to us, um, we were in a fortunate position where at least we had a little one at home to go home to. But that in itself was challenging, just because he was too young to understand. You're not about to explain it at, at that point to, to your to your son anyway. So you know the turmoil you're under, but actually you're presenting as if yeah, this is just another day and and everything's good. And, and it's like Adam was saying about being in that protector mode. I can't say I was the best at it, and I, and I actually probably let slip down a little bit in the early days. But um, I, I, not, I didn't let Leo down, but that that was really challenging. So no, I, I know exactly what Adam means, and, and I think it's right. And and the more time has passed for me, I don't know how Adam feels, but the easier that's that's it's not easy, but the easier it's got in terms of you get through these like difficult dates. Like uh, for us in in recent weeks, it's been. Carter's due date before that was really the week that he actually would have arrived because he would have been another C-section. So we kind of had two, two things happen there. Um, Obviously baby loss awareness week as well, but each time these kind of major events happen, then it it, it kind of allows me a little bit more to just to, to confirm in my head. Yes, that is what happened. That is where we are and it's okay. And you're, and you're moving through it um, and you're dealing with it the best you can. But um, so that's that's my perspective on it. I think that's probably something a lot of people experience. Yeah. It's uh, and and it's a really tough tough thing as well to to deal with. I think Nathan just mentioned about 
with those two dates that you you dealt with recently was it the due date and there's a whole episode that we did in our first series for anyone who's new to the podcast and it was about pertinent i think it was our second or third episode in series one and it was a whole show just about those important dates pertinent dates and you know bearing in mind christmas is coming up and uh, and things like that then that's um a good listen for anyone who who would like to delve deeper deeper into that Adam, you're doing well so far. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for coming on with us tonight. I forgot that you just delighted it for a second. I forgot that you met Ryan during, you know, for the first time at the Lily May Foundation through this charity football game. And yeah. Matt Whitehouse, who is <laughs> who's on with us tonight, dropped a message in because we're all on Zoom doing this. And he uh, dropped a message in not so long back, said, uh, sorry, Adam, I said at the start, nice to meet you. And I forgot I'd already met you. Did you play in the same game and you forgot who he was? Yeah, listen. Um, <laughs> you know what? I think it's because after my penalty miss, I blanked the whole day out. So. <laughs> it's more heartbreaking. They didn't remember talking to me in the bar after as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Apologies, Adam. I do have these moments. No, don't worry. Yeah. Adam, what is um, you know, for for a career, what is your what, what's your job? What's your how do you spend your days? For the past 10 years, I've been working on the rail. But I've gone into, uh, so I went and became a trainer in railway training. And I had a, a big opportunity yeah, opportunity to become the induction presenter for HS2. So, oh, wow. I bet you got a lot of questions to answer then. Yeah. So anyone that... <laughs> got one here. Um, yeah. Is it ever going to be finished? Yes. Because now I want it. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. We like that. Uh, the reason why I'm asking, obviously, um, as I just alluded to before, we were talking before we went on air tonight about some of the things we'd like to discuss with you. And one of the things that were, was uh, of interest to you was the pressures about returning to work. Mine's a bit of a, a tricky one. For the, the sole reason is when all the, the, the funeral arrangements and things like that, because we didn't do a burial. We, me and Charlotte came to the choice of we wanted a tree. So we went, we, when Charlotte was pregnant with Oscar, we used to go for walks around Liso's park and things like that. And there's a wall garden there. And we, instead of getting a burial, we planted a tree for him. Cause if we ever moved, we can take a sapling, plant it wherever we want, yeah. things like that. So when all this sort of stuff was going on, my my CEO, who's a great man and everything like that, uh, he donated a fair bit of money to help us out with it, any payments. And it was a lovely gesture. Like I, I, I thanked him so much for it sort of relieved a lot of the pressure. And I thought to myself, I needed more time, like not lots. I didn't need months and months and months. I just needed maybe another three weeks to get my head clear because mm. in the time of me going back to work from the, the cremation bit of everything. It was a bit soon. Like I didn't have time to take that breath, if you know what I mean. And you'll probably know, Dan, it's when, whenever you have to present something, even if you're having a bad day, you can't have a bad day. And when I, when I went back to work, I was, up for promotions or uh, to progress my career into like management yeah. and things like that. But because of Oscar's passing, it got pushed aside, passed on to someone else. Cause the, in, a, in the rail world, it doesn't stop for no one. Um, and it basically, I just had to be the presenter and I okay. sort of, I lost all the love for what I worked so hard to do. And like, if you've ever had to sat, uh, sit yeah. in, in induction before, they are boring. 
right? But I took it from something that was very small in a little container to something that we do 50 people a session twice a day, every day, and people enjoy it for once. Yeah. Like, they're really excited to be on HS2. That's why I'm saying it's going to be yeah. built because I'm there. No, I'm really <laughs> but it's, it's, it, it, all that love has gone for the sole reason is I worked so hard and I didn't, I come back to it and I thought, yes, I'm going to be, I don't need an arm put around me at work. I know what I'm doing. I know how to manage people. I know how to do things, but like there was a director at my work who's gone through yeah. similar things and he was brilliant. He was unbelievable, but it was three days. Give Abaddon his space that if he wants to go home early, because it's a very family orientated company. So kids can come into work if you can't get sitters, stuff like that. Yeah, and okay. there was a couple of days where they brought in the young one. It set me off. I just left. And that, that happened for like three, four yeah. days. But after, after that three, four days, it was okay. It's all forgotten. Go back to work, do what we pay you here to do. And I was like, so if you gave me that extra three weeks that I asked for, um, I wouldn't be in a mindset where I'm coming back into an environment yeah. where I am struggling to just keep it. I hate saying this, a fake smile on my face. Like I, I'm a person that tells you how it is all the time, yeah. good or bad. But I knew it for this instance, I had to just keep that fake smile on. So I wouldn't lose my job <laughs> pretty much. And it, it, the work environment, I, I've lost the love for what I, I do now. Um, and luckily enough, I, over the years, I've, I've, I've made some great connections. I've made some great friends. Like I'm not saying my company is terrible because they are not. They, they've helped me out as much as possible. And I know yeah. it's a tough one to decide. Not, this does, it happens every day, but no one wants to, they don't think. But it's this is purely from your, your emotional state at the time. I don't think, yeah, yeah. There's, no, there's no part of that, which sounds like you're bashing the company at all. This nah. is how you're, you're dealing with things. And, but obviously mm. it's, there's always that thin line, isn't there? Because there's that soulless sort of corporate side to business as well, which has to be done. But then there's, there's you, you're the important thing, you and your family and your, your emotions and your feelings. The only thing I, I can really say about my company is my CEO helped me without a doubt. He he gave me money, didn't want me to even think that anything to do with money was a problem. He'd always help me. I had directors when I went back for that first week saying, if you need, to, if you want to cry, I know I've never even heard you <laughs> cry or seen you cry or no one's ever told me that you've cried. But if you yeah. want to come and use my office and to hear them things was lovely. I think it was yeah. just the, the weeks after that. It It's like, I hate this term, man up, right? I hate it. I And because the thing is, I always say to people, give me the definition of man up. Mm. No one. Good I question. Could, Good question. I could, I could say, give me a definition of man up. And I guarantee if you get it right, I'll give you all my life savings. But I'm going to say one thing before you say your definition. Give me the definition of woman up. If I said to some a, a woman, woman up, Everyone would laugh at me. But if you say to uh, man up, mm -hmm. it's a completely different thing. Now, in the rail industry, the biggest killer is mental health. Like in the last four years, there's been 1,400 deaths in suicide. 90% of that was male. The hard part for me is because I have to be all happy, cheerful. You want to be part of HS2. It's amazing. And I yeah, have to be that, yeah. that smile. Now, when I get to the mental health bit, 
luckily enough, a lot of the people that sit in front of me, I always say to them, can you tell me what uh, a face of mental health looks like? They go, yeah, okay. And I can say, go on then. What does it look like? Well, it looks sad. It looks this. It looks that. I'm like, wow. If you, I'm not being funny, yeah. but did, I say, I always say to them, I say, did you know today I'm going through the worst time of my life? Yeah. And they go, don't believe it because I've made them laugh. I've made them enjoy themselves. Blah blah blah. And when it comes down to it, they're like, Adam's not going through the worst time of his life. I'm like, yes, I am. I said I lost my son five months ago, but I still have to come in here and make you yeah. feel like you're having the best day of your life. I always feel like I'm going to cry every time I get to that point. Like every every session, I'm like, oh god, here it comes. I've got to say, I'm I'm just going to cry in front of fifty tough enough guys, and that's it. I'm going to run out. <laughs> what's if you don't mind me asking? What's not? Is it because it's something? It's really interesting. Something we spoke about before, and it's you know, it's a well spoken about topic actually those stereotypes especially now i think one of the guests that we had on if anyone remembers gary anderson who was the uh the geordie who was living in birmingham he used to be a bit of a gangster back in the day and part of the thing he was um i think he was in his 50s and it was from that world with the way he was raised and the man up be a man and it's and i don't think it happens as much these you know it's definitely moving a step in the right direction but even then when you were saying because it, it, an amazing thing, what you said is, what does that that face look like? And mm. it's not that case, is it? Because people mm. will maybe hide behind that mental mask. Maybe they're putting on a, a sense of humor, or they're trying to be jolly, and they don't want to admit to it because it's men being men, and we don't want to, yeah. you know, show those emotions. So, you know, what stopped you? Can you remember a reason that you stopped yourself crying in that situation? Was it because of those oh. social conventions? The sole reason is after Oscar passed, after he passed. I came to terms with, like, I, I've been in the Royal Navy. I've been in one of the toughest industries in the world, the rail. Like, it's in the what top four most dangerous jobs in Britain, yeah. top six in the world. And you think, I don't have to prove anything to anyone. Like, and when Oscar passed, that was my mentality. Like, I stand in front of these 50 big guys that always, like, trying to take the mick out of people. And I'm like, what? Well, what are you going to say to me that makes me feel worse about yeah. what I'm going through? If you tell me to man up, I'll say to some of the stories that I've been through, I guarantee you wouldn't even come close to going to them. Exactly. So please don't ever use them words. Mm. Use them words and you have lost my respect forever. I've only met a couple of you once or twice before, but I know I can sit here any, any day of the week and call you up or go in the group chat or anything like that and say, lads, I'm having a bit of a bad day. Do you mind if I give you a call? Now, if you go back about four years ago, not many people would have that, men would have that mindset to do that. That's what I try and put into these people mm. every single day. You're going into a dangerous environment. You're going into one of the most dangerous environments you'll ever go into. So if there's something else on your mind that can affect that, just talk to someone. I won't judge you for anything. The only time I'll ever intervene is if you're a risk of your own health. Apart from that, tell me what you want. For anybody listening to the podcast for the first time, if uh, you would like to speak to someone, you can you can reach out to Ryan and to Amy. All the details, if you're listening through the podcast app, will be in the, in the description. I'm wary of time, actually, because as uh, once again, it's um, it's flown by. We've, uh, we've been chatting for a while already. There's uh, a couple of things I, um, I'd like to just mention and get your thoughts on before we do that. Um, just in terms of, uh, of looking after yourself, um, Adam, I'll come to you first, but obviously open to, to anybody because our previous guest, 
that reminds me of Matt Sharp, which is from the, the our last episode where I vanished halfway through. But it's a theme which is which has come up a few times too. And it, again, it comes back to men. Um, maybe us putting our emotions to the side. And one of the things that I remember Matt saying last week was he he, he wanted to talk about himself and he wanted to talk about uh, his, his, his child loss with the twins. But it became easy almost as a as a as a shield to talk about how his other half was and how you know the, the kids were rather than using it rather than just being able to speak about themselves speak about us you know we're here too and I think it was something that we had with uh, a few of the episodes that we've had that spring to mind and the the relief actually when you actually get to speak your mind and obviously this is in no way trying to diminish the feelings and the emotions and the trauma of our significant others but just to make it purely about us for the purpose of this podcast how important it is to make sure that you're getting your emotional needs met you're being listened to someone's checking in on you so how how have you been looking after yourself and how are you and and uh, with your friends and your family where where are you at right now adam i wouldn't say i'm great i'm i'm all right um what what i've figured out is that I, I'm not taking any chances anymore. Like before I would always do the tactical, oh, how do I, if I do this, it could have a rolling effect and it could mess my money up or stuff like that. I've come to terms now, like for years I've been saying I want to stream. I've gone and done it or I'm starting to do it. I've said that I wanted to start playing golf. I've gone and done it. I've I've done a lot of things now where before I just kept on saying no. I've gone, yeah, I'm going to do it. If it goes wrong, it goes wrong. And then I go and see my friends as much as I possibly can. They're great. But my group of friends, I couldn't doubt them. They they used to not want to go out, but because they know I need them, they're out and about. Now, all of them things, yeah, it's great. It puts that shield around my brain. Yeah. But there was Charlotte, um, she got me to go to a counselling session the other day, my first ever one. And I am a person that I thought I was going there just to support Charlotte and it sort of got flipped 180 straight onto me like she the lady asked her one question and went you're done how are you Ad and I'm just sitting there like this in my chair like oh no what do I say and it's sort of what we've done tonight we've talked about it a little and honestly I can honestly say it after that session I felt great but it was in the way of I felt like I took a breath Right, I took a breath after this counselling session, and he felt like I felt like yeah. I could go for a run. I was like, "That's how great I felt." And then, literally, I went into work the next day, and it was back to normal. I was like, "Oh, it was it was that sort of feeling." I was just, I'm taking baby steps. I'm. It's probably the same with Nathan. Like we're we're still quite raw to it, and still trying to figure out ways on how we can make our feel uh, ourselves better and things like that. And it's nice to know that there, there are things like the Lily May Foundation and all of these things that are there to help. All I can ever say to people that have this mindset like me is if you've ever said you want to do something, just go and do it. Don't ever hold back. Like Charlotte and me, we're making candles. Never thought I'd do that. Like this was her idea. I've ended up jumping on the bandwagon and I love it more than her now. But <laughs> it's it's all of these sort of things. I, I can honestly say if you're ever going through any sort of grief for that matter, whenever you say, oh, I wish I did that, go and do it. Matt, I think, um, did you want to come in with something? I think Matt, Matt Whitehouse. It was just it, literally just a real quick one. Um, I think having... Um, 
uh, Adam on tonight um, and, and and being surrounded by um, uh, people just again on on the podcast. I just I just feel like it's um, something that we have to keep doing, and I think it's the fact that um, if you just by doing this kind of thing allows others to then feel safe enough to do it themselves. And I think that's the point. I think it's the fact that as, as men in the past, you haven't felt safe to get your emotions out. But I think doing this and and, and, yeah. and Ryan's absolutely right. I think we have to keep doing it. I think you have to, because it's you're shifting, you're shifting mindsets and that's what it has to be about. That's what it has to be about. Yeah. Well said. Completely agree. <clears throat> um, I think we should, you know, and anybody, like I say, who would like to come on and, and join us on the on the podcast when, whenever you like, whether you're ready for it yet or, you know, six months down the line, just keep it in mind and um, you can reach out and we'll be able to, we'll be able to do that. We'd, we'd love to do that. We'd love to meet you too. I think we're all, we're going to the German market next Friday, which will be, um, I can't remember, I don't even know what the date is, but it's early November if, uh, before this goes out live, if you're nearby and you, and you, and you want to pass by, we'll be there next Friday. Perfect timing going next Friday because I think I'm right in saying it's International Men's Day on the 19th of November. And do you know why I know that, Dan? It's because it's also my birthday. And I always think, what a touch that is, that I'm born on International <laughs> Men's Day. That's it. There you what go. a touch as well, because that means Nate's getting the beers in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, happy birthday for next Friday then, Nate. Uh, no. Yeah, 25, Dan. Teaching's tough. Teaching's tough, right? Adam, thank you so much for for joining us. There's, um, I I can't let this go without mention. Uh, I can't come off, finish the show without mentioning this because it made me laugh before we went live. I was getting a bit of, uh, I hadn't had a chance to speak to Adam before we went live, apart from a couple of minutes before we went live tonight. And um, I was getting some background information, and he was like, "Yeah, I've got um, two dogs and um, and and three ducks. I used to have five, but just the three now." And I was like, well, what sort of person only gets rid of two ducks? <laughs> Me and Charlotte, we got the dogs together. Um, but before Charlotte moved in, I had five ducks. So, so you had like, five and she asked you to get rid of two. I think she paid the badger, if I'm honest. <laughs> paid, paid the, the hitman. I love that. Just in my head, I love the fact that there's a conversation. Maybe I'm overplaying it where no. you two have gone, right, so what are we going to do about the ducks? Well, five, <laughs> three's all right. I will say this. She does call me Chandler Bing, or I'm, I'm a lot like Chandler Bing, but she's a lot like Monica. Oh, oh like, really? Yeah, suited perfectly, I'd say. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely brilliant. I um, I think on that point, yeah. that's a good time to uh, to end proceedings this evening. Adam, I've really enjoyed yes. your company. Thank you very much. No, You're always welcome to come back onto the show whenever you want to come back on. And um, thank you very much to everybody. Obviously, all the support that we get, all the messages, uh, all the messages that we get, keep them coming. You can reach out to uh, the Lily May Foundation through their social media pages, their website, which is all put in the description here for the podcast. We will be back for episode five, the penultimate one of season three. We're flying through them. And like I said, if you'd like to come on at any point, please do get in touch. Enjoy your week whatever you're up to thank you very much to Adam to Nathan to Matt and uh, and as always to Ryan from the Lily May Foundation uh, anyone would like to say any any final words before we go the next episode we're hope hopefully we'll all be in the same room won't we if it all comes off so hopefully yeah. we'll be in the podcast fingers crossed brilliant well listen thank you very much everybody once again for uh, checking out the show and listening to the still parents podcast with the lily may foundation take care of yourselves and we will be back very soon